report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, William, and I'm joined today by my friends Tom How do. and Riley and Bethany from the Star Wars Report. Welcome, guys. Hey, howdy, thanks howdy. for having us on. I just want to say right off the bat, I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? Neither do I. I have no idea are what happened. Are you sure, Riley? Because I hear you're being hunted by the Empire. Um, Steven is already... Like yeah, because I, I, I hear you might be uh, dropping in and out uh, as the, the Empire finds you and you have well, to have locations. exactly. It depends. Uh, the real-life situation is, and by the way, guys, absolute pleasure to be on, on the Ion Cannon podcast. Uh, wow, we go way back, and I'm already memories of uh, memories of celebrations oh. long past are with me. Watching this, and, uh, watching this episode together at Celebration was the best. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, but I'm not even talking about that, gentlemen. I, re- hey, remember that time that before Riley even star- started the Star Wars Report, he sat in a tiny hotel room in Orlando, Florida at Celebration 5? And ate our microphone? And, uh, <laughs> or speaker? Speaker, I remember that. <laughs> oh, good time. And gentlemen, as I said, I, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the road. I'm calling from Skype on my phone. I appreciate you guys accommodating me. But I'm currently at Best Buy getting some work. I, I just purchased a Tinker car that I am uh, working around on uh, soon to paint Star Wars colors. Uh, but that's not the story here. I'm actually getting some audio stuff repaired at the Best Buy Geek Squad. But point being, I'm standing in the video game aisle, and there's this amazing poster stand of Star Wars Battlefront available 11, 17, 15. Ooh, Ooh nice. And, oh, it's fun. so pretty. Ah. Got so many awards at E3. And I'm wearing my Celebration uh, Anaheim Battlefront t-shirt right now, so... Nice. It's, uh... Nice. Yeah. Cannot wait for that game. But today, however, we're actually discussing Siege of Lothal, which, as we implied uh, at the top of the show, uh, is the episode that was aired at Celebration Anaheim uh, for those um, people who stood in line for hours and hours and hours to make it into the, into the screening. And, uh, boy, is this an awesome episode this is the season two premiere and uh it's it, it's it's airing a couple months before the rest of the season begins i think which i think is scheduled to be in october that's uh, too long of a wait for the second for the second oh, episode i'm I sorry i know but before we get to that tom you want to quickly give us the announcements because there might be a way for you to catch up on all the rebels episodes. there there william you do have a point there might be a way to catch up on this and riley since you are a in Best Buy, you might be able to go walking around, since you saw the Battlefront uh, poster, and yeah. see if they happen to have the Rebels Complete Season 1 on Blu-ray and DVD. Oh, I'm sorry, it's going to be September 1st. Yes, oh. and, and I will jump back with you guys in just a moment to discuss said topic. Uh, I'll be right back with you guys. Oh, no problem. <laughs> but while he's there, he's actually looking for the poster, because they did have one for Battlefront. They might have one for the Rebels coming there. You never know. The set will include bonus content like Rebels Infiltrate Star Wars Celebration. It is a Blu-ray exclusive. Rebels The Ultimate Guide. Rebel Season to a look ahead those are going to be available again for purchase or for dvd rental or what download or whatever it is september 1st and the other thing that's great to announce is coming out next week is dark disciple 
That is the book that's got Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss that happened to have been from an idea that was going to be part of the Clone Wars. And it was brought up in celebration that it was an idea that was kicked around and all of a sudden Del, Del Rey was like, wait, 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 let us have it, let us have it. And they took it and ran with it. And Looking boy, did they book. run with it. Um, I can't wait to review this book with you guys. It's easily, I, I finished it uh, last week, easily my favorite book of the new canon so far. I actually... <laughs> Yeah, it was fantastic. I'm getting it. Wait, are you talking about? And this is see, this is the problem. We having to jump out for a second. You're talking about the uh, the new Battlefront book or Dark, um, Disciple. Dark Disciple? Dark Disciple. Dark Disciple. Okay, oh, gotcha. So good. I, I keep hearing great. Did you guys? Because because uh, the new canon, it's 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 been some uh, misses and misses from <laughs> a lot of people I've talked to. Yeah, well, uh, they've been they've been fine. They haven't been amazing. Uh, I really enjoyed Dark Disciple though. Really uh, enjoyed it I'm quite glad a bit. To hear. It, it felt like I was watching episodes of the Clone Wars just written on paper, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and in a good way too. And lots of really interesting things happen. So, actually like, are after, we talking? Uh huh. Would this be so? If you were going to, would you put say the? Um, and of course, I'm terrible with names, but the 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 Night Sisters arc from mm-hmm. season three. If that were novelized, I imagine yep. that would. Would you put it in that kind of territory? Yes. Awesome. I think so. I'm uh, looking forward big, to it. Big, yeah. big stuff happens in this book. So, mm. very cool. Highly recommend it. That comes out next week. I uh, should be getting it hopefully Tuesday because it was pre-ordered. So, Amazon, please get it on my doorstep on Tuesday. Yeah, so, I have something well, because to I, I will definitely pick that up on the old Audible. Um, and I'll tell you what. I was thinking, have you, I don't know if you guys listened to it, but I'm going to do a huge shout-out. Uh, Rebel Force Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were hanging out with uh, Jimmy Mack at the last Star Wars weekends um, where we saw you, Tom. Yes, was I awesome. was there too. Yes. Uh, and, and, and I remember, uh, I'm trying to remember the circumstances, but it came up and then they talked about it on the show too, where there's uh, a scene from Heir to the Jedi where there's Luke meet, encounters a woman whose mother was in a parody band that did a song called Darth Vader's prosthetic, mini prosthetic parts. It's like an in-universe weird alien. This is the, again, legitimately as, as weird and horrible as it sounds, it is. And, uh, <laughs> and I was, I couldn't believe my ears. And that's kind of, it was like, okay, this is, this is remarkable. Uh, there are I no parody bands into- in Dark Disciple. <laughs> good. Uh, okay, good. All right, good. good to- and it actually keeps you did guessing you guys- the whole time uh, with the book. Well, like, oh, did you read... I don't even know, but William, did you read? Um, did you read *Heir to the Jedi*? I did. Was that in there? Is is that so? True? I honestly don't remember that scene. I don't remember. That's it either, not to but say I'm that it to go digging for wasn't it. in there. Well, Jimmy pulled it up. He's like, it's on page one hundred and one. If you have a hard copy, you'll find it there. Uh, <laughs> but I yeah, do, but I <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's the kind of thing. Well, hopefully that uh, we won't encounter such a uh, such a thing. In, uh, in Dark Disciple, and I'm super excited about. I mean, I tell you what, like between Dark Disciple and Aftermath, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, the world of Star Wars fiction is good summer again appealing mm-hmm. to me. I'm trying to remember the last, what was the last full Star Wars book that I got through? Because it's been a while, guys. I'll be honest. Really? None of the I tried to get through a New Dawn. I got half almost halfway through it, and I just couldn't stick with it. Um, and again, a lot of this is time because I do. I usually don't have time to sit down and read because of college. You have to actually read stuff you don't want to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I remember those days. So I, I only get time for it's. It's either 
my favorite podcast or an audiobook. And it's right. got to be, I'll be honest, guys, it's, it's got to be really good to, to bring me over. And I just couldn't, it wasn't even like I threw it down like Jimmy did after reading about the parody band. Uh, but, uh, but it was one of those things that it just didn't pull me in that way. And I'm, I'm honestly trying to remember, and I know there's been more recent examples, but I really liked the Timothy Zahn um, Stormtrooper uh, unit book. Oh, what the Force, uh, Forces of One. Thank you. Uh, um, or for, uh, Forces of One is one of the books. I'm trying to remember something. It's, hand. it's not. For, yeah, it's something of one. I don't. Well, I see. And this is the problem is I don't have a computer in front of me. I know, and all what? my books are packed away. Because I go over I to the computer section. I'm going to go over to the computer section here at Best Buy and just start doing research. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy's on books. There are a few. There are a few that, that have sponsored jumped out to by me, Best Buy. Just kidding. There you go. Uh, oh man but yeah i mean i guess we don't have to spend too much time talking about this we will review it at some point yeah sure um, sure but yeah it's, I'm, I'm sorry i've totally derailed you no guys, that's fine yes. i mean i i'm still really enjoying it the thing i liked about it is it keeps you guessing the whole time there's some big things that happen in the book and um trying to see what to try, try to figure out how to describe it without spoiling it well just put it this way it's, it's really good canon. it's really good it's all canon yeah it, it, it feels like you know what you expected from the the final seasons of the Clone Wars, that level of quality of story Good. and that sort of thing. So very very well done. I I was very impressed. Very cool. Uh, and I think it was choices of one, right? Choices. Something of one. Oh, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to remember. I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure it's choices name. of one. It's choices of one. Okay. I just I, was, yeah. I just I just double checked. Okay. I was close. So. Yep. Okay. So with that. Uh, let's uh, dig into Star Wars Rebels Season 2, Episode 1, or 0, technically. It's the season premiere. I don't know how they want to count that. Uh, the season premiere of Season 2, uh, Siege of Lothal. This was written by Henry Gilroy and directed by Bosco Ning and Brad Rao. And the synopsis, the crew returns to Lothal, where Darth Vader awaits. Okay. Yeah. Was it a great episode or what? Oh, it was a great episode. It was such a great episode. And I saw it on my birthday at Celebration in a that, theater full of Star Wars fans. That's very amazing. True. It was a great experience. <laughs> yeah, and Eric still talks about going to dinner over at uh, Outback Steakhouse that night. So it made an impression. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah. That's good. Uh, but yeah, no, this was, it, it's really interesting. Um, I guess when they were writing it, according to the episode guide, the theme was sometimes you can't go home, but you can find a new one. Uh, that was kind of the theme of the the episode, the Jedi fortune cookie, if you will, if if Rebels had Jedi fortune cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the episode starts with a supply run uh, that you know they're trying to grab some supplies, which quickly turns into a dogfight when the Empire arrives. And we've got man, now I'm wishing we had Steven here, who's been abducted by the Empire, um, because uh, he would be telling you Tarkin well, found him. Yeah, he he would be going crazy over the the space battles right now, you know, with Phoenix Squadron and A wings and blockade runners and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was kind of a fun way to 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 kick the episode off with a with a bang. Oh yeah, definitely. And we got it, it feels a lot like a New Hope to me. It really does. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the show is Rebels, but. Um, that that was what the, the the opening really made me feel like. Mm-hmm, for sure, and the way Kevin Kiner has you know, continues to reuse a lot of the classic themes, but with a little twist, 
makes it really, really great. Um, we were introduced to Commander um, Jun Sato, I believe, uh, voiced by uh, Keon Young. And uh, a lot of really great special effects, and I guess it's all animated, but, you know, uh, great, great shots. There was, there was a one really cool one where the TIE fighters coming toward the camera and it explodes, kind of like in, uh, I think it was a New Hope and a, a bunch of... Um, kind of specks of light. They did that a few times through the episode. Yeah. It was really, there's a lot of good, I will say camera work done in this episode. Later, there is one that I want to bring up during a fight scene as the rebels were escaping that included Darth Vader. That was just amazing what they did with this, with this scene. Um, But it's, it's interesting when it comes to Lothal because now it's a point to where they have, they, it says they can't go home because you've got Agent Callus and Darth Vader are reprimanding, you know, Minister Tua because she can't find she can't find these rebels, and she's saying, "Look, it, I've tried everything to find them. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this." And you kind of feel for her when you've got Darth Vader saying, "You know, your lack of imagination when it comes to you know, you lack imagination when it comes to producing results." Or was that was that Callus? It just, mm-hmm. I think I said somewhere last season. I could see, which almost came to pass, uh, Tua actually defecting. Or there was something about her that just, I didn't think she was going to last. And yeah, I get that sense that, that she's pretty much, I mean, and you can you know it later in the episode that Vader is using her um, Well, she's bait. the bait, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I would fear for her safety long term, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Emperor... I mean, especially at this point, like, you know, spoiler alert, she, she's dead. Um, <laughs> so her safety definitely is, uh, uh, is well, it's kind of it, over now. Yeah. Um, but uh, that whole scene was, was really cool where, you know, Darth Vader basically talks about how he wants to squeeze Lothal until someone reveals the whereabouts of these traitors. And he tells to, oh, you're going to go talk to Tarkin tomorrow to account for your fail- failure. And the way she says, she responds, she says, visit him, was very similar to the way Moff Tijerod says, you know, the, the Emperor's coming here in, mm-hmm. in uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. Yes. It, yeah, yeah, it completely reminded me of that. Uh, which was interesting that, that Tarkin would inspire that much fear. Well, and, and I mean, you, I guess in the original trilogy, you don't necessarily think of Tarkin as that much in some ways mm-hmm. because he does die in the first movie, mm-hmm. but they establish a whole lot. I mean, the fact oh, yeah. that Tarkin tells Vader to stop force choking someone and Vader listens, essentially saying, as you wish, mm-hmm. shows that Tarkin has a massive level of power within the Empire if even Vader has to at least consider what he says. Well, I also think they really did a good job with his book. I, out of all the books so far that have come out, I did enjoy Tarkin. There's a part of it that got boring when it came to the, um, the people who are starting all the rebellion in that book. But the part about Tarkin really showed his background and made him a, a force to be reckoned with. So, and that's what shows in this people fear him. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, like, in uh, Rebel season one, he did order the Inquisitor to uh, to kill uh, Grint and Oresco. 
Oh, so that was, that was great. Uh, it was a great scene. That was a great moment too, because and that was kind of one of those times where you know that they're serious now. Yes, and and that's something you really need, especially in this kind of animated format. I think that it's very important that we see Tarkin and the Empire as a very legitimate threat um, and oppression, because if you don't, it's just sort of, you know, it, it just doesn't feel right for the time. Mm. And and that's why I think it goes back to what Bethany's saying, capturing that A New Hope essence, where you're trying to, um, you know, trying to capture just how there really is no rebellion. They're just rebel cells, and right. it's all part of that. Exactly. And speaking of these these rebel cells, you know, back on back at the the fleet, Commander Sato, you know, we, we get a scene where they're you know, he's thanking the crew of the ghost and we, we kinda start to learn a little bit more about the situation now that we've we've jumped a little ways into the into the future where they already have this relationship with uh, Commander Sato now. And um, you know, we, we kind of hear that, you know, Harrow basically wanted to find shield generators on the ship and they they didn't have any, um, and uh, there's a lot of really interesting discussion between Kanan and Ahara about their situation and how um, Kanan doesn't really want to fight a war. He just wants to rob from the Empire and, and give to the poor, and um, and now well, I, he's I stuck Kanan, fighting a war. Yeah, because I think for Kanan, he already did that once. He did it with the Clone Wars, and it seemed like he was really pushing for them to go back on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly what he wants. And so when um, when Chopper rushes into the uh, into the briefing room and displays a message from Minister Tua saying she wants to defect, uh, everyone's very very surprised and uh, and kind of wary. I don't blame them after all she's done. But I find it interesting how he first started out just like, sure, go ahead, play it, without any regard of, hey, we're technically on the run here. Let's just open a channel. And you had Harris say, well, wait a minute, make sure it's a one-way transmission. Because he was like, yeah, great, fine, dandy, play it. It was almost like, I wouldn't say lackadaisical, but it was like you could tell that he just didn't want to be there. Yeah, I, I, and I kind of think he's bucking against... Yes. Sato's authority and just sort of displaying that he he's not he's not one of the rebels. He doesn't want to be one of the rebels. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and Tua starts to tease that there is a a bigger reason for the Empire coming to Lothal than just the um, the factory that that's on the planet. There's something that is only known to a few, and it was ordered by the Emperor himself. And we never actually find out what that is, um, but uh, very interesting. And I, I suspect they're setting setting this up for, you know, future developments mm-hmm. in the season. What do you guys think? The secret, the real mission, real reason why the Empire is on Lothal. Any ideas? Hmm. Right. I, I've heard. First. I've heard some theories. Okay. And I'm not really, um, but I, I wasn't really, I, I heard a lot of people say, why is Lothal so important early on? And I didn't really think so. But until we hear, you know, that when, when, uh, when Tua says, you know, there's something special about this place, the empire really needs to be here. It has to be something to do with force, I think. Mm. And, um, I don't, 
I think it'll have something. It, it will be some kind of. Again, this is just stabs in the dark type stuff. Yeah, that's. A, but I think it'll have something to do. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be something to do with uh, Clone Wars. Some kind of connecting mm. tissue there. That could be cool. Yeah, I, I suspect it's probably not. I don't know. Probably not Ezra. Um. Probably not Ahsoka because she I'm wasn't gonna, even introduced until this season. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Maul. Mm. I think they. Br- I do think they bring Maul in. And this is not my theory. I have to give a shout out to Glenn Nelson from High Adventure. Uh, he was on uh, the Star Wars Report recently and uh, kind of gave his theory that it would be Maul that comes back. And instead of Vader having to kill Ahsoka, it would be Maul who would kill Ahsoka. And of course, this is entirely hearsay. But that would be fascinating because then again, you would have a possibility after that for Vader to reclaim his, his rightful place by the Emperor and take out Maul. Uh, but why why would it be just a single person? Why couldn't it be something that has to do with the actual Death Star? I mean, could it be some resource on the planet that they need for the construction of the Death Star? Or for a different super weapon that yeah. maybe they want to try and introduce at another point in time after, let's say, the Death Star, second Death Star was destroyed? Mm-hmm. But then there's there's also the way that she phrases it. Because... Was the Empire on the planet originally just to, you know, get the product they could, you know, and everything from the mines and whatnot. But at the same time, was she talking about now that the rebels were on Lothal, now the Emperor has a special reason for going there. Now the Emperor is drawn there because of the force presences of Ahsoka and Kanan and Ezra all together. And the fact that Kanan and Ezra, uh, in some ways, communed with Yoda, mm. you know, and they they went inside that place. And I, I mean, I'm sure that that, in some way, could possibly be felt through the Force. So, is she talking about an interest the Empire has in the planet from the beginning, or an interest that the Emperor now has because of the fact that of several very important people to the rebellion who are all force sensitive are there right has anybody been reading the uh zero leonis books i know i read the first one i haven't been able to pick up the other ones because i think that is supposed that is taking place on lethal and he's supposed to be trying to find his sister um Hmm. there is a there is a thing that i think it was speculated and do not quote me on any of this but there was a thing online that supposedly showed the sister ended up part of the rebellion i saw somebody with some kind of fake color models on that but it was something tied to his sister and that academy that's there Mm. i know it's four books already but i only read the first one and it does take place on lothal no i i haven't i haven't read them yet but uh i have all four on my or however many are out, I have all of them on my shelf ready to read as soon as I finish my. Yeah, because the one thing I picked up from this is they are there to basically strip the resources of Lothal dry. Because one of the kids, his parents were farming that that fruit that Hera sent Zeb and Ezra on mm-hmm. the wild goose chase on, and the farm was totally producing all that until they lost it. The kid went to go look for it with Zare and supposedly Zare's friend with them. And when they went over there, it was completely gone, wasted. They're they're tearing the place up. 
So there's mm-hmm. something on that planet that, at least in this book, resource-wise, the Empire needs. Right. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, it could also be the Jedi Temple. Um, the existence of the Jedi Temple there. Not really. Not really sure what it could be though. There's a lot of, a lot of possibilities. Well, you would think if it was a Jedi Temple they were looking for, if Darth Vader is there, he should be able to quote unquote sniff it out, even though it's not the Sith Temple, but he should be able to find it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Questions, well, and, questions, questions. Yeah, and then there's all. I mean, we already know there's the temple where they communed with Yoda. Right. Yes. So, that's, yeah, that's the and, one I'm referring to. Yep. Same okay, here. okay. Yeah. All right, gotcha. So, I don't, yeah, I, I, it's got to, it, everything I can think of, I don't think is big enough. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure something significant that's got to tie into the main thread of the film's plot. Yep. And, and, and you're on the right track when you're talking about something like the Death Star, but uh, that's about... I, you know, I'm sure there's something out there that I'm not thinking of, but not, in some ways, that's what I like about it. Yeah, I feel like it has to be big enough that the emperor himself could or would order it, and have you know a bunch of, uh, you know, a large portion of the fleet there, but still small enough that uh, the uh, it would have to still be small enough that like someone like Tua could know about it because she's not even the top dog on local. Right. You know, we find out in the episode guide that um, that uh, what was his name? Uh, the governor, um, Governor Price, uh, was supposed to be sacrificed instead of Minister Tua, um, and then she would have become the new governor. But instead, they decided to have her be the one who dies instead. Thank goodness. Oh, <laughs> not, a, not not a fan of Tua. I am not. No, no, she seems. Uh, for you yeah she does not seem and this is such a subjective thing and i personally hate it when people say this but i'm gonna say it anyway it doesn't feel like star wars to me Uh, in the way that she's she's very over the top and very the the accent kind of bothers me and the character designs really goofy and again it kind of takes away from that i want when when uh when tarkin says I can't remember the exact line, but he's like, the imperial governors will retain con- direct control of their system. When he says imperial governor, I don't think prime minister Tua. And that's kind of the, that's, uh, I, I think yeah. of something that should be a lot more menacing. Mm. Um, I, I think perhaps because Lothal and, and the system around it is more backwater. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like she's constantly in over her head by the fact that, the rebels have chosen this place to be and the fact that Vader shows up and, you know, so it, it's like it, sort of to me, it seemed like this sort of small backwater place suddenly became the focus of much bigger things going on. Mm-hmm. But I, I again, I, do, I don't think the resources, at least for now, are what the Empire is fully or truly after because mm-hmm. that's. That's common knowledge that they've been there this whole time and gathering resources. So unless there's a hidden resource that's not been talked about, you know, I don't know. So to me, I I go back to really doubting whether it's actual resources of that kind. Mm -hmm. Well, here's another wacky, wacky theory to throw out there now. What if Lethal is being set up as the... Uh, First Order's home base 
and the emperor was basically planning for let's say his his oh. session oh, see, now, see now you're getting into now you're getting into territory that i think well, that's the kind of thing i like yeah tom you and i are on the same page man that's conspiracy okay. theory conspiracy well, see, theory right well, there and that's that because ever since its celebration we saw that logo first order we imply well that implies that there's a subsequent order and if the empire is not called the is not the first order, it was after the first order. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're just kind of running through that bit of logic, the first order has to be something older than the the empire. Of course, we don't know that till we till we see the next Star Wars movie in theaters less than six months from now. Right. Uh, think about that for a second. Um, uh, but but yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing of that. That's a huge piece of the puzzle of what that first order is. And I think from the trailers where we see. A TIE fighter fi- firing on other stormtroopers in the trailer. I mean, it's not really a spoiler. Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing where I can't help but think that uh, this First Order may be totally uh, separate and try to even take over what we think of as the Empire or the Imperial Remnant. Yep. Stuff to chew on. Stuff to think mm-hmm. about. Good stuff. So... Cool. Well, uh, let's see. Moving on. So the, the crew of the Ghost returns. It's kind of interesting because you can't really call them the Rebels because they're not really the Rebels yet. Um, but there's no good really need to call them other than the crew of the Ghost. I think that's the best way to put it. That's the one <laughs> it's thing. A little bit that of a mouthful, but I, I think that's really the only thing to, to call them at this point. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the crew of the Ghost formulates a rescue plan for... Minister Tua, and they return to Lothal for the first time in, I'm guessing, a, a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they decide that, you know, Zeb doesn't want to help her, but Ezra decides that, you know, well, that's what they do. They help those who can't help themselves. And so they're going to go rescue Tua. And there's tons of Star Destroyers in the sky. And uh, we can kind of gloss over a little bit of this real quick because we've kind of discussed it already. Uh, Kanan uh, grabs some stormtrooper armor or goes buckethead, uh, as they say, mm-hmm. and uh, you know becomes some good friends with the stormtrooper by stealing his armor. Uh, and then they get to the docking station. Minister Tua arrives, escorted by Agent Callus. They launch the rescue attack. Uh, the rescue attack, only to find out that uh, the shuttle that Tua boards has been booby trapped. Oh. And she dies. I'm so yeah. sad. I, I got your favorite else to... character, Riley. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I got something oh, else two to, of them. I got something else to throw out there really quick at the beginning of all this. Do you guys find it very interesting that a lot of these decisions are being made by way of they're looking at Ezra saying, Ezra, what do you think? Do you think that's saying something? Because it was just like, even... Even Ahsoka was just like, what do you think? And when he says it, she's like, you know what? I agree. Huh. I didn't recognize. What was the scene where that happened again? It, it's, it, ha- it happened a few times. It's where it's just point. like, because he, he says, we. it happened a few times where they're like looking at Ezra. And Ezra's just like, you know what? They will always ask him his opinion. And when he says it, then they do it. And I believe it was at the this one here. It's like, you know, it's what we do. He sits there and he's like, you know, I can feel it. She's scared. And it's like, well, what do you think? What do you think? And he's like, well, you know what? It's what we do. We go help people. 
And then, you know, Ahsoka's like, well, I agree. But it's I think always... at this point, he being the youngest of the group and the fact that he's he's resigned himself in some ways and maybe resigned isn't the right word. But, you know, at first he really didn't want to join Hera and Kanan right. and the rest. And I think in doing so, he kind of opened up his mind to working with other people. Mm-hmm. But Kanan is super suspicious and just really does not want to work with the rebels right now. Zeb doesn't really want to either. And Sabine has some of her own issues being pulled into this. I'm sure she's just a little bit closer to the chest with them. Um, So I think in some ways he's adapting faster to working with the rebels faster than anyone except Hera. Mm -hmm. And Hera has her hands full trying to manage Kanan most Mostly, mostly Kanan mm-hmm. and bring them into it. Uh, but I also think it shows that um, ever since having talked with Yoda and I can maybe I just put that in sort of air quotes. But ever since having spoken with Yoda, I think that Ezra has matured. You know, he's he's not the same kid that they first ran across who tried to steal Kanan's lightsaber. And, right. You know, do silly or stupid things. Um, you know, and he did go after Kanan and rescue him and they've, they've recognized that he is maturing, but more than that, that he has an innate strong ability in the force. Um, and in many ways, Kanan didn't get that much more training than just an average Padawan. Mm -hmm. So Ezra has this massive ability that's just innate through the force, but then, Anyway, I, I think in some ways he's more open-minded than some of the others in the group. And that the others in the group are, are really not adjusting that well to working with the Rebels again for one reason or another. Oh, so so it's kind of using him as the buffer and to turn the mindset around for Kanan and Zeb. Yeah, where... that, and he's extremely familiar with uh, the planet. Right. Yep. Anyway, just thought. <laughs> no, no I, it's, it's a good very, thought. Very interesting. I agree. I would be very curious to see if this continues for future episodes, though, mm-hmm. or if it or if it gets more pronounced. Yeah, they keep almost giving him more of a leadership role and have kind of asking him his opinion because yeah, there are a number of cases where he kind of formulates the plan himself as well, not yes. just provides advice, but kind of comes up with their strategy and plan of attack. Yeah, which I I do find a, it's to me it's it's pushing it a little bit. It feels like it's still too soon in a lot of ways to be mm-hmm. doing that with his character. Mm-hmm. It seems like that kind of stuff should be coming from uh, Kanan, because if you're looking at the master Padawan, it's always the master that's coming up with the, the master's one that's going to be leading it. And it seems if you look at you know Hera and Kanan. You've got Hera that's actually running the the little their little cell, but you have a Jedi that's also making the decisions as well. Not his quote unquote Padawan. I don't. Yeah, I was going to say it's funny. Of all those who are kind of taking the leadership role, I think Hera is the most pronounced. Uh, yeah. Kanan kind of is always deliberately not making the decisions. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I, I like. And I, and I, I, think, actually, I like that. Yeah, and Kanan, I think Kanan has some insecurities about that because of his choice to run when his master told him to. I think Kanan honestly doesn't really trust himself all that much. 
it's as if he knows he didn't necessarily have all the training that he could have. But then on top of that, he has the emotional insecurity of, you know, I let this all happen. I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't do anything to stop them from killing my master. Mm-hmm. I ran and, and mm-hmm. I couldn't stop them from hurting the Jedi. And so I, I think in a lot of ways, Kanan has a lot of survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hera, I mean, Hera's been working in the background with the rebels for a long time. I mean, I, I haven't um, read A New Dawn, but I, I was talking to Nathan and Mark about it, and uh, they they mentioned, you know, Hera's been working with the rebels since before she even knew Kanan. So in a lot of ways, her making a lot of the leadership decisions makes sense because she seems like the most experienced one. Yeah, it seems like it's come natural to her because she's worked with them for so long. Yeah. Indeed. So next we get to the uh, the part of the episode that we saw in all of the trailers. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, not yet. Not That's actually coming next. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Um, the uh, So the heroes run away. They escape. <clears throat> the shuttle crash lands. Uh, and they, they regroup at Ezra's house. And that's when Darth Vader locks down the spaceport and orders Callus to... Um, basically blame Tua's death on the crew of the ghost. And uh, we find out that everything has happened as Vader predicted. Very interesting. Um, he seems to know exactly what the rebels are going to do. And they decide they need to, they just need to leave Lothal for good because they're going to put the planet in danger. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a very nice screenshot of the three of them, full face, right, four of them. Yeah, full face right there. So they need to leave, and they need to leave definitely for good. Mm-hmm. Although, I have to say, you got to love Chopper. Okay, Chopper sits there, closes <laughs> the door, or it gets forced open. He does his thing, shuts the <laughs> yes. door on. No, does his thing by, by zapping the stormtroopers. So Chopper has some good ones in this. That was that was I think a really he good locks in the stormtroopers. Yep. Yeah. Or Chopper is like a less reverent version of R two in a lot yep. of ways. Yeah. He he will do what he does and he doesn't care. Yep. Um, we we got there are a couple good moments. Um, the Ezra's Ezra's house is destroyed. His childhood home. Uh, and you get that call back to the theme of the episode, even though it was never publicly stated, where Ezra says, I guess there's no going home. And the heroes decide that to get off planet, they need to steal a shuttle from the Imperial base. So they, uh, you know, they Ezra tries to mind trick a stormtrooper, which fails miserably. Uh, he thinks they're trying to give him an order, so Kanan has to step in and, and successfully pull it off. And yeah. uh, there's lots of, you know, lots of banter. Oh, I wish that worked on me. Oh, I wish it worked on you. Uh, yeah. Type stuff. Well, there's one that you missed a really good banter earlier where when Kanan finally got the Stormtrooper armor, it's like, it's like, um, sorry about that. Um, Ezra says, I only have the helmet. Ah, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, th- there is a couple good little one-liners. So. Yeah. My, 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 actually, my favorite moment, though, probably was when, um, you know, the container that they, that Ezra tried to mind trick the, uh, the stormtrooper to into not looking at is uh, is what the is where the, all the 
was where Hera and Sabine and Zeb are hiding and Chopper. And so they, they hop out of the container and Zeb starts gasping for air. And he's shouts, you know, I need to breathe. Have you smelled me? <laughs> yeah. Have you smelled yeah. me lately? <laughs> so funny. He's dying from his own, his own scent. Well, the other thing, another thing, it's a very fun one when it comes to Zeb, where you've got the stormtroopers walking down the hallway and they're sitting there talking to themselves. Do you think we're going to find the rebels? And all of a sudden they run smack into Zeb and he smacks their head and he goes, well, you found me. <laughs> yep. Oh, Zeb is so great. Yeah. That kind of, that, that humor, I, that, that, that's one thing I think rebels has gotten uh, con- even considerably better than clone wars. And that's just those little humorous one liners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, so I have to ask: Do you think it was too convenient that uh, they just happened to find military-grade shield generators lying around, just like the ones that they had hoped to acquire uh, back at the, their failed mission at the beginning of the episode? Too convenient, uh, or, I mean, <laughs> or not? It, it was a little convenient, yes. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, they are on a military installation, right? So. But well, I, I would have preferred for. them to have said, okay, well, they've got to have them here, so let's hunt them down. Right. Not, not stumble hey, let's, upon them. let's run to the yeah. shuttle. Oh, look, military-grade shield generators. That's perfect. That's exactly yes. what we need, what we were hoping to get, and it will help us get off planet later. So, yay. Okay, but to understand the way I look at it this way, if you watch the episode, they were being herded to that point because it was pointed out even by Kanan, where's the best place to go where they're not at? Uh, well, they realized at this base, there wasn't a lot of people there because they were looking for the rebels. So let's go to this base because there's nobody there. And let's yeah. just steal ourselves a shuttle. And it they're comes all... to find out it was all according to plan because what ends up happening? As they're running into the shuttle, I think Ezra stops first and says, no, wait a minute, it was Kanan. Where he's like, you feel something? And Ezra's like, I feel cold. They turn around and guess who's there? Darth Vader. And I love how the lightsaber ignites. Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. so yeah. great. Yes. And, I, and you so what you're saying, plan. yeah. So what you're saying, Tom, is that those those shield generators got put there simply as it was all part of the plan, and it, yes. and it was a distraction for them. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. They were all about that base. <laughs> no <laughs> rebels. Exactly. Thank you. That's the only <laughs> one I listened to. I don't like. I've never heard the other one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Oh man! <laughs> I can see a fan parody video happening. Um, oh, there's okay. already one. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, well, there you you're too late. Nerdist has already done one with uh, Claire Grant. Yeah, you can see I definitely have not been keeping up on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, Darth Vader arrives, and this scene is so great. You've got Darth Vader, and he he just feels so powerful. And I think they did a great job balancing the different fighting styles mm-hmm. from the various eras. And uh, he it's just such a good, such a great fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's, this is where I like, there's a shot that looked very uh, Ralph McQuarrie-ish to where you had Kanan kind of, lun- no, wait a minute. Kanan was in the lunge forward position, but his lightsaber hand was extended in the air. And Darth Vader was holding that hand up. How that shot was staged looked like it was a Ralph McQuarrie drawing because I know, I think I'm thinking of the one of the original Luke Skywalker meeting Darth Vader for the first time where the Skywalker character had the thing on his face and the lightsabers were down parallel to the ground. 
how that shot was staged looked a lot like that. And also in this fight scene is where I had my favorite scene of when the walkers fall down. And you have that shot of Darth Vader lifting the walkers up with all the flames and red behind him. Mm. It was beautifully staged. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Very well done scene. Yeah. And then Sabine, you know, she gets to blow stuff up. So. Oh, yeah. Her her usual thing. Uh, Although you you actually see. So we've got this fantastic fight between Kanan and Ezra and Vader. And Vader, you can just feel the power and how how strong he is, how frightening he is. Um, And uh, they do manage to push force push Vader back so that the the rubble of the um, the ATATs that uh, sorry ATT uh, ATSTs that um, Sabine blew up falls on Vader but he just lifts it up with the force throws it off that does give them time to escape um, but you don't really have that sense that oh you know look at that the bad guy lost again they're all heroes always escape mm-hmm. it was you get that sense that they just barely escaped in the nick of time and yeah, even Sabine yeah. takes some damage um she's shot as they took a headshot one of those one of those uh um bolts that was back at her that was a headshot yeah yep Mm. yeah Uh, i mean yeah and there's a reason why kanan is truly fearful afterwards and and why you know he's a bit frustrated that ezra doesn't necessarily see how dangerous of a situation that was. Well, that was the first time it, uh, Ezra was introduced to the concept of a Sith, mm-hmm. you know, cause he, cause he even sat there and said, you know, what was that? And that's where it's like, Kanan's like, uh, Sith, it is the ancient enemy of the Jedi. That was a Sith Lord. It's like, uh, you know, yeah. and even one thing I do have to say one shot when uh, Kanan and Ezra first pulled out their lightsaber against Darth Vader to see Ezra behind him holding that lightsaber, like the scared on his face, like I'm going to actually do this. So again, shout out as I, as I like to do shout out to the animators and, and the guys for putting the stuff together. Outstanding job. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. well, then this is when uh, the, the empire decides to destroy burn down Tarkintown to the ground. Um, even though they know that the rebels, the, the crew of the ghost are not there. And we, we do find out later that the, the, the prisoners were all, you know, the, everybody, the residents were all taken prisoners. So nobody actually died because we wouldn't want to kill anybody in the show. So I wouldn't, you know, you can have big explosions, but you see them kind of move around afterwards. Just so eh, don't worry, kids they are, they're fine. They didn't have to <laughs> die. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the the empire you know basically burns Tarkin town down and uh, and so eventually Ezra stops by he sees Tarkin town and you have this very interesting moment between him and, and Kanan where it kind of reminded me of like the burning of the Lars homestead in many ways right mm-hmm. where you've got uh, you've got Ezra looking at part of his home obviously he didn't live it in Tarkin town but he became attached to the residence Um burning and it's yeah. kind of like that symbolic moment where okay there's nothing for me here we have to go because we're, we're only going to cause more problems mm-hmm. um, and, yep. and, and, and that's when we, we get that the great line you know things are getting worse just as they uh, just as they did when back when I was your age 
But back then, there were 10,000 Jedi Knights protecting the galaxy. Now, there's just you and me. Of course, that was used in many of the trailers, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, get that that sense they're they're all that's left, even though they're not. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there there's two and a half that they know of. The exactly. half you could say is you know, Force Ghost Ahsoka. Yoda. Yeah. Well, no, it's okay. <laughs> well, you know, just. No. Um. Okay, so uh, Bethany, what what did you think of? Uh, the return of a certain famous smuggler to get them off planet. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, uh, I almost feel in some ways like everybody really wants Lando to come back and be more involved in everything. And, and I do kind of wonder why. <laughs> like I, I get, Lando is definitely an intriguing and interesting character, and I do like him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And he does crack me up. But almost at the same time, it's like, how much over-the-top will what have we here type of lines are we going to hear from the Lando character from now on out? Right. Uh, and See you, folks. That's See you, just a personal thing. So just, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, I just had to jump out of the call, guys. Sorry, but, but I jumped back in. And, and on the subject of Lando... Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, okay. that's where we're at right now. I want to make sure you guys could hear me. Um, <laughs> he's kind of basically a parrot of himself. Yeah, yeah, he kind of is, and not in a good way. Um, because if you guys, I was watching part of Empire last last week. I forget why. Occasionally, guys, I have. I don't know if you guys have this problem, but I just sometimes throw in a Star Wars movie from one of my DVD rips on my computer. I wouldn't call <laughs> that a problem. No. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. All right. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. It's weird because um, watching Lando, his his character arc in Empire is is very similar to Han Solo's in in um, in A New Hope, and I love that that symmetry there, uh, where they both have their character arc. They evolve. They start out as kind of nothing but scoundrels, and eventually eventually do the right thing. Only difference being is Lando actually got a guy frozen in carbonite and chipped off to a gangster. But anyway, otherwise they're basically just the same. <laughs> but just a little detail. Lando has, if you think about the the genuine uh, cojones that 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 Lando has to call the emergency uh, signal and send it out to everyone, he's like, "Time to evacuate the city," uh, and then all the guys with the ice cream cans run by Wilbur Hood. Uh, but no, no, no. <laughs> that, that aspect of his character is very much there. And there are these brief humorous moments where he's very much a ladies man and, and, and very, very James Bond esque, mm-hmm. but those are only moments. And it's like whenever he's appeared in any kind of canon or parody thing, uh, of any kind, it's like his entire character is divined by the hello. What have we here line? Mm-hmm. And that's basically rendered, the character uh, impactless. Uh, so it's fun to have him there, but um, it's especially at that stage, it's just, you know, I don't think it's something you can do well. Lando has never really been more than a two-dimensional character with the exception, I would say, of... Of the film. It, it, yeah, with the exception of the film. And 
even then it was more hinted at than anything else. I would love to see Lando with, you know, a difficult choice ahead of him or with some sort of struggle going on or, or something personal going on with him in his life. Right. Yeah. Something. <laughs> Something totally more agree. than just yeah. his, his smooth talking. and. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's hilarious to hear Billy B. D. Williams say, a puffa pig. But, <laughs> but if that's the only point of the episode is that you get to hear Lando say the word puffa pig then that's kind of a misuse of his character. Anyway, mm. I, it's, it is, it's so true. But I hope, I hope that um, they do use him well uh, in the future. I want to see him return and, and see him have a crack at uh, getting a legitimate character arc in the series. Yep. Well, I, I have to say, I did appreciate the use of uh, the subtle use of Lando's theme when he uh, when he appears the cloud city oh, theme, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is kind of cool. Uh, even though yes, it also is can be heard on on Hoth as well. Um, and he he for all this, you know, we've, we've been talking about him quite a bit, but he he really only shows up as a hologram, uh, and not for that long either. Uh, for the most part, you know, they they offer him uh, two shield. They have this whole bartering scene where. Uh, they're negotiating and, and Hera offers two shield generators and Lando shows how smart he is and how good of you know, a, a gambler and negotiator he is by saying, oh no, you obviously have six, so I'll take three and uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's where those shield generators come up again. Get to use those to help get off planet. Uh, but the rest of the... Then uh, we just get a really brief appearance by Lando's droid Willy, uh, W1-LE. Um, who... Uh, so I, I feel like they, they kind of hinted that something was going on, but we never really find out what, unless unless I maybe miss something. Because um, when they when they arrive, Willie says everything has been prepared according to their instructions, uh, and he asks if one of them was a mechanic, and uh, he said, well, you know, which one of you is the mechanic? And Sabine says, oh, that must be me, and she runs off with Willie to go do something, uh, and we never find out why they needed a mechanic. Did you guys catch that? No, I, yeah, I caught that. Yeah, now that you mention it. Huh. I was like, I, I did not what, think about what that. What did they yeah. need a mechanic for? Um, I guess maybe setting up all the different transponder signals so that they can you know, spoof it and have them appearing in multiple places around the planet. Well, to an extent, that's what I thought it was. But, but now, that you, now that you say it, could there be something else that could be planned later? Because remember I've always said, don't call attention to something if you're not going to use it later. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they were. I don't know what they were going for there, but very interesting. Indeed. So, so let's see. Uh, then um, so the rebels escape. They, as we said, they they spoof the transponder signals in multiple places around the planet, so the the empire is looking all over for them. And they're able to jump past the blockade and into hyperspace. Now, when they arrive back at the Rebel fleet, did you notice what uh, the, what clearance code Hera used? <laughs> I read about yes. that, yes. So I didn't catch this when we were at Celebration, but I saw it after the fact and I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, that's amazing. The clearance code was 12182. 
1-5. Or the release date of The Force Awakens. I missed that, too. I completely. Just like everybody. Oh, well. They They did what? They also did it all wrong. They did a month, day, year, and it should be day, month, day, anyway. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, don't. <laughs> they they did it the uh, the European way. Thing. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> the U.S. way instead of the. You guys have uh, have you guys already covered? And I'm, it may have been when I had to hop out for a second. Did you, you guys already cover uh, a certain line about the uh, survival of a pupil? The pupil survives. No, no, that's coming. That is okay. coming. I like my little subtle rephrasal. Yes. <laughs> not, That's what we're gonna. Can that? Can that be? Can that be the episode title, please? <laughs> the, I really want that to be the episode title. The pupil. <laughs> the, pu- <laughs> the pupil survives. <laughs> sorry, I'm amusing myself too much. Uh, sorry, uh, continue. No, it's it's yeah, that's what we do. We make stupid jokes. So it's a good line. <laughs> uh, but that's later. when the master arrives. And Vader appears in his TIE fighter all by himself, actually. Uh, he decides yep. to take him on by himself. And uh, Phoenix Squadron moves to engage, moves to intercept. And Vader basically... That's a great idea. Yeah. Vader basically... I know, boys. I know it's the greatest pilot in the galaxy known for destroying everyone single-handedly. And he didn't even bother to bring an escort because he just wants to have fun with it. Let's get him, <laughs> Phoenix Squadron. <laughs> Okay, but I have to say one thing I, being the sci-fi geek that I am, I thought was really cool. I know it's Star Wars, but when those A-Wings launched out of the bay, mm-hmm. so reminded me of Battlestar Galactica when the yes. when the Colonial Vipers shoot out of the bay. You know, and yeah. I know that the Colonial oh, yeah. Vipers don't shoot out like four at a time out of one bay, but still, it just had that aircraft carrier feel where you had the... Uh, the, the deck guy sit there and wave them forward. But as they're shooting down, that shot was just so cool to see. Loved every mm. minute of it. So good. Yeah. Ah, oh, God, I love sci-fi. But they're, yeah. uh, they're, they're, the Rebel fleet is basically, Phoenix Squadron is basically decimated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vader single-handedly starts taking them all yeah. out. So Hera decides this to get my, This whole sequence, by the mm-hmm. way, this whole sequence is my favorite part of this entire um episode premiere really okay how come yes tell us more it's because yeah it's it's strictly because it's the moment that we really as as powerful as vader was when he confronts ezra um it's still just to to not you know half jedi that he's confronting you don't really get the sense of the full power of vader until you see him single-handedly destroy this entire uh you know, squadron yeah. by himself, and Not I just destroys. He decimates him, and he yeah. you get the sense that he did it. He didn't even want help. He just he wanted to mm-hmm. blow off some steam, so mm-hmm. he, he went off single handedly. And, and it kind and, of does show you that, you know, Vader is still just as good of a pilot as Anakin ever was. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 I think that's one of his greatest strengths because as broken as he is physically. His skills as a pilot are very much there, and this is the only time, to- only other time we never see Vader's personal starfighter in any of the subsequent Star Wars films. Think about this. So this is the first time since A New Hope, really, yeah. that we get to see it on the, that we saw it on the big screen. Right. So that, and can I talk about like the accumulating moment of the scene? Is now is now the moment? Can we dive in the deep end? I, I think I think we're there. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, Ahsoka, what happens? Ahsoka reaches out in the force. The, 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 yeah, the, 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 and and Vader says. 
the pupils of Oz. No, no, he says he says the, the <laughs> yeah. apprentice live. The apprentice lives. And when you see that snap zoom of the camera into Ahsoka's face uh-huh. and her eyes wide. And in that moment of shock, no dialogue, but as an audience member, you realize she recognizes. You know, was, she oh, knows. She she knew. She, what was she, one, yeah. they, and she realizes what was once Anakin Skywalker. Uh-huh. It, it just gives you chills seeing that scene, even multiple times later. Where, you know, you know, like they know that each other is alive, and that oh, it's it's so cool, and it just sets up so many great uh, encounters for later in the season. And I, I thought it was actually really cool that you know James Earl Jones uh, is voicing Vader all throughout season two, mm-hmm. and to have Which James is awesome, oh, yeah, it is. and to have so. James Earl Jones say The Apprentice Lives. Yes, kind of oh. brings that. I want to say legitimacy almost to. It's not just there's the animated show and all the everyone who played on the animated show talks about it, and we we all accept Ahsoka as being Anakin's Padawan, but having Darth Vader, the guy who actually played Darth Vader in the film, say the apprentice lives and kind of acknowledge that he had an apprentice. Yep, kind of ties everything together in a big bow and. It's so yeah. It really gives it lends it that that additional legitimacy. And 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 just just to throw this out there, you know what that also does? Totally negates the Force Unleashed. Done. <laughs> just done. Oh, don't say that. I love the Force Unleashed. The Force yeah, but it's good. true. Yeah. It well, it does serve a lot of the same purpose there, and offers, I think, a, a an in canon uh, story opportunity mm-hmm. for the resolution yeah mm-hmm. now i have okay to... so so my my big oh, thing folks, with this I, I hate scene... to jump in but i'm gonna have to jump out now uh oh. but i will jump in the call again okay. if i can unless okay. i wrap up the episode but regardless uh, i'll talk to you guys soon okay right. thanks, okay thanks so bethany you were saying the one thing that really got me about this scene and something that i've talked about before but the thought that oh my goodness it's she didn't tell them you yes. know she knows she it's lied. Vader. Said the and same thing. It wasn't even it wasn't even like a, a momentary hesitation of oh she's still stunned and she doesn't know what to say. You see that expression on her face when mm-hmm. Kanan and Hera are talking behind her and she kind of she frowns deeply troubled. It's the you know, she says they're all going to come for us now, but uh, you know what what if she still has some allegiance to Anakin, or at least the hope that she can save so him. Okay, I I look at I saw that. Okay, you could theoretically, let's say, she could try to do the, you know, Luke Skywalker. I can save my father. Okay, mm-hmm. I just saw the sadness. I saw it in her in her eyes, just the sadness of the fact that when she realized who it was, it's like, no way. You know, but yeah. here's an interesting you, thing. Go ahead. I I am very surprised that Kanan being, you know, basically quote unquote, arm on her shoulder, attached to her through the force, he didn't feel something like that as well. It seemed like naturally, yes, she would be the one that would get the feeling because Anakin was her ex master. 
but something like that couldn't have rubbed off on Kanan. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he he did feel something, right? He he right. felt, but yeah, but, but at it, least he doesn't necessarily kind of... know. Oh, that's he doesn't know that that's that's Anakin. Wait, what Anakin uh, became senses like in the Force, right? Okay. Uh, I and think if you that keep part in I mind, look... Ahsoka yeah. had more training. Yeah, than she Kanan she worked. Did. Yeah, so Kanan was Very super true, young. But... He was still a really young Padawan. Uh, Ahsoka worked, you know, and trained under Anakin for you know years right three years yeah uh, so she knows the most powerful jedi in existence right exactly she, now a Sith Lord. <laughs> she knows exactly what anakin feels like in the force versus kanan who doesn't and so while he might feel the same thing she felt she is able to she recognizes what that is and i just i'm sure kanan noticed something weird just to throw something out there, he couldn't have sat. He couldn't have felt like you just said. He couldn't have felt something weird and and just say, "I felt an interesting force aura around you once you passed out." Would you care? Although it could be for a later episode. Would you care to explain? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it might not I, I be. I do the... think. I think he may go back and revisit that at some point, or he yeah. may at least internally question that. But it, it could also be, again, Kanan is in a very vulnerable place right now where uh, I honestly think he's really letting his feelings cloud his judgment. Mm-hmm. And you can tell it in the way that he he tells Chopper, oh, yeah, go ahead and play that thing. You can tell it in the way that he's not really willing to listen to Hera and the way that – and I really think that the Inquisitor – kind of set him on a, a downward spiral of that inner self-doubt. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'm getting pretty, uh, you know, more into the mind of Kanan than we could perhaps know. Mm. But you can see in his behavior that he's not himself. Yeah. Um, and that he's pretty uncertain at this point. So he may honestly just not be up to par and not be paying attention to the fact that you know, this affected Ahsoka differently than it did me. Right. Why is that the case? Right. Right. Exactly. But uh, wh- for wh- me too, uh-huh. with with Vader, what do you guys think? Because obviously the Emperor was like, no, we'll send other people after her. But Vader obviously wanted to go after her himself. Do you think that he might have some thoughts of trying to turn her as an apprentice like he tried to do with Luke and, I, you know, together we shall rule the so galaxy. That, that's a good question. Yeah. Does he want to turn Ahsoka or does he want to take her out? Yeah. Uh, I would think in this and, case does it would he, have to be take her out. And and, and why, right? Because is it because she left him? Um, she voluntarily left the Jedi and, and turned her back? So that he feels betrayed, perhaps? Right. Or is it he, something else? You know, he, if you want to take that stance, I could see the point because he could always play it as you were the one thing that kept me sane in the Jedi Order. You walked away from me, and when you left, that part of me that kept me on the Jedi path went with you. And that's why I blame you for, you know, the death of Padme because I lost it at that point for walking into the Jedi temple and, you know, taking my anger out and frustration on you because that sanity of mine that you held because you were there, you walked away with it. 
you were that one piece of me that as soon as you left, it was gone. Couldn't hold it together anymore. Yeah. At the same time, though, you know, if if we say the Force Unleashed is to be taken into canon as well, for instance, or at least that that is how they... Hmm, as, as how Vader is viewed by the people who write his character, then it, it would be very like him, given his behavior, at least with Luke, which is certainly canon, and his behavior with, uh, you know, the Secret Apprentice, um, that he's, he's still looking for a way to overthrow the Emperor. Mm-hmm. And perhaps the Emperor knows this, and that's mm-hmm. why the Emperor is like, yeah, somebody else is going to go. Yeah, not that. you. Somebody mm-hmm. else is going to do that. Too. Yeah. Um, well, but I, it's always a thing to where the apprentice is always trying to, you know, destroy the master. Yeah. And that apprentice has to have an apprentice of his own because yeah. that's that's how the Sith work. They always have to pass their teachings down to the next one in line. So mm-hmm. I, I got to I, I wonder how much do you think uh, Ahsoka knows about vader slash anakin and vice versa it sounds like this is the first time they've ever sensed each other um but i think she had uh i mean i think she knew of the existence of the sith and that the emperor and vader existed but just i imagine for her to have stayed hidden as long as she did that she stayed so far away from them that she really doesn't know anything about them yeah she may know she may know about the sith but i it may, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So it'd be very interesting to see. Does she does she know anything about how he fell that he attacked the the Jedi Temple, or does she think? Yeah, she, has she just heard the official line that the Jedi were um, kind of betrayed the Republic? And actually, now now I'm just thinking. I'm very curious to hear what she thinks being outside, having not received the, the distress signal from the Jedi and right. I'm guessing she didn't receive it and, and all that stuff. What does she think about everything that happened after Anakin turned to the dark side? Does she know that, um, yeah, you know, the Jedi didn't betray the Republic or did she think that maybe they did, they betrayed her or maybe they betrayed the Republic. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I imagine that she, she probably doesn't believe that the Jedi would fully betray the Republic. Yeah. But at the right. same time, she probably has no idea that Anakin went in and slaughtered a bunch of young mm. ones, for instance. Mm-hmm. So she's that, that would give me cause to think that she might have a hope that she could possibly save uh, Vader. And, and I would, I would piggyback on what, um, uh, piggyback on that because if she thought the Jedi did betray why would she be hanging out with Ezra and Kanan? Oh, I, I agree. I don't. I don't think she actually does. Yeah. Posing. Yeah. The, just posing the question. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a it's a question to throw out there because you don't know in the episodes going forward how they're going to handle this because they do at a certain point have to address how did she live for so long, basically quote unquote on the run? Mm-hmm. How did she get herself hooked up with the quote unquote rebellion? Is she the one that actually started the rebellion to start pulling all these little factions together? How is she associated with um, um, Bail Organa? You know, because I'm sure there's mm-hmm. still an association yeah. there. Yep, we know nothing yet about their their relationship and yep. How what's that? Who who who's yeah. in charge of of everything and yep. 
how does all that work? Because at this point, they are rebel cells as well, so you don't know how connected she is to the rest of the rebellion as a whole. Correct. You know, so does she even know Organa at this point? Exactly. Or on top of that, the fact that she was Anakin's apprentice for so long, I mean, I do think that Ahsoka definitely matured a lot and that she had a center of calm that Anakin never really had. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, she was under his tutelage for so long. How susceptible is she to falling? How susceptible is she to rasher behavior or to believing possible lies that Vader can tell her? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many questions to be asked going forward or answered. Yeah, and, and I have to say well, one more last thing on Ahsoka re- briefly before we um, move on to safe haven. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, Ahsoka and, and Kanan are talking, and they say, you know, I, I enjoyed how they they threw out the mention of the Clone Wars. I haven't the hang, the fear, the anger, the hate. You know, you felt it. I haven't felt sense of present like that since the Clone Wars, and it kind of ties the the two shows in nicely since that's also the name of the show, and. Uh, and like, yes, you know, we, we kind of acknowledging that the Ahsoka and Anakin slash Vader had that relationship in the previous show and that sort of thing. So it, it, it was so cool. We, we didn't get much information, but the interaction in the between Ahsoka and Vader through the force and kind of the fallout is really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and but, Vader was just awesome. Oh, yes, oh, I know. He's so great. And then there's one more great scene, and we'll get, we'll get to that in just a minute. But first, um, the uh, Commander Sato and the crew have to evacuate Phoenix home. They board another transport, and Sato says they're going to regroup at Safe Haven. What do you think is Safe Haven? Or where? may just be a dead space. Maybe somewhere in the Outer Rim. But it may just be, you know, just... May just at this point a code name for a planet, for a coordinate. I yeah, know. I don't know. I, I mean, it kind of reminds me in Empire at the very end when they rescue Luke, you know, where they fly off and they're circling the mm-hmm. galaxy, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so but... it reminds me of that idea, but I have no idea. I mean, it could be some underground base. It could be some... I mean, we do know that the next episode is going to be um, inclu- with uh, with Rex and um, uh, and Paul Gregor, Gregor and uh, and was it uh, Rex and Gregor and uh, Wolf? I think it was. And oh, so, really? so we we do know that then. Yeah, okay. that they they reveal that in the Rebels Recon preview. It's the the clip from Star Wars Celebration where. Um, Zeb is, tie, is being being used as bait. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the next Why step we that we're going to get. Small. Yeah, in, what October probably. Yeah. But uh, so I don't know. Could could Ab? We we speculated that maybe they were on Abfar. Could Abfar be safe haven because it's pretty out of the way and difficult to find? Who knows? Who knows? It uh, also could be the crew of the Ghost go on a mission at some point. That's true. Yeah, they could just go on yeah. a mission there as well. So we don't we don't really know where that is. Um, the, the other thing I liked, <laughs> I love the, this Imperial commander's line, uh, cause the, as the, 
uh, as Hera and the the crew of the Ghost are jumping into hyperspace, they fly between these two star destroyers, and there is really interesting maneuver. They almost move together to kind of trap the ship between the sides of the star destroyers, um, and uh, before they could uh, before they could finish, you know, kind of locking them in, the Ghost jumps into hyperspace, uh, and then Vader himself gets caught between the two ships. The animation I thought was beams. a little odd. Uh, I don't know if they're using. It sounded like they're using tractor beams, but the, the mm-hmm. in the show they actually shows basically the two star destroyers almost bumping into the wings of Vader's ship. Yeah, so and, it's kind of like gravity uh, well instead. No, it, it almost looked like they were actually like you know when you in one of the oh, movies yeah, like yeah, when the yeah. two cars will like be on either side of a, of a vehicle and it's like lock them, box them in. Yes, uh, that's basically what happened here. Um, but uh, when they realize that it's Vader who's been boxed in and not the ghost, um, this this commander says, you know, release him immediately to this junior officer. <laughs> and followed by, you know, it's not your fault, officer, but Vader won't know that. <laughs> that is so mean. Yeah, it's very mean. I was just like, poor I was like, guy. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, but it's the Empire. Yeah. Push the blame somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. But then uh, one of the, the other great scenes, I think, of the episode was when Vader uh, walks into the uh, walks into the deck and contacts the Emperor himself, and uh, the Emperor here is voiced by Sam Witwer, and I think he did an amazing job as the Emperor. If you told me oh, yeah. they brought Ian McDermott back to do the lines, I probably would have believed you. He mm-hmm. was that good. Yep, that good. Uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, Vader tells the Emperor that he believes the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker lives and is in league with these rebels. And, you know, the Emperor says, oh, if you're sure this is an opportunity we can't let pass, Skywalker's apprentice could lead us to the other lost Jedi. And Vader instantly jumps to, such as Kenobi. And and the Emperor kind of takes a more um, measured response and says, oh, perhaps if he lives, but be patient, my old friend. For now, dispatch another Inquisitor to hunt them down. It's an interesting thing that Darth Vader thinks Kenobi's still alive. Um, he left him on Mustafar, so... Well, he did. He Very true. Very true. So, but yeah. remember, it was Commander Cody that... Um, it was his troopers that technically shot him, shot Kenobi down. So they could have always said or reported back to uh, Darth Vader after a while if he were to have pressed. It's like, well, you know, we searched for Kenobi in the underground caverns. We sent, you know, um, uh, droids down there. Couldn't find him. And from that kind of a fall, even a Jedi wouldn't survive. (laughs) Take a look at Mace Windu, the fall he took. So, yeah, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, at the same time, I think... It's Anakin has the sense that Obi Wan is more resourceful Good point. than 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 people will give him credit for sometimes. Good point. You know, by the time he becomes a, a Jedi Knight and a Jedi Master, uh, everybody kinda looks at him as he's taken on the cloak of Qui Gon and he's now a, a wise, responsible, more laid back Jedi Master, but Anakin gets to kind of see his silly side or his, you know, he's a little immature when he first becomes a Jedi Knight, uh, just in the sense that he's still quite young in a lot of ways. 
So I, th- I think Anakin understands. Uh, I, I mean, because they were like brothers, you know, and they spent years and years together. And Anakin understands Obi Wan more than pretty much anyone else, yep. as much as his own twisted mind can mm-hmm. let him at this point. <laughs> Very true. Yep. Uh, the, my one concern with all this, where Vader, the Emperor tells Vader to dispatch another Inquisitor, is that we might lose a little bit of steam with the Vader and Ahsoka uh, plot. You know, we know the next episode is going to be the introduction of Rex and uh, and Gregor and Wolf and the and these cl- fan favorite clones. And um, if we're also bringing a new Inquisitor into the mix, I wonder. It it, it almost sounds to me like Vader is going to be taking a bit of a backseat. For a few episodes, and um, and that maybe we won't get more of this dynamic between Ahsoka and Vader until much later. And so I, I hope that's not the case. Uh, in the Rebels recon for this episode, Dave Filoni did say that uh, things move pretty quickly in season two, and they don't really waste much time. They get right into things. Um, but I don't know that. Don't know if that's you know we don't waste much time, and we go straight into the you know fan favorite clones episodes, and things happen, or if you know. They actually mean, oh, we'll we'll continue the whole Vader and Ahsoka plot very soon. Yeah, and I, I mean, Filoni did say too in that press conference that the um, that essentially the Clone Wars characters would not take over Rebels. Rebels mm-hmm. would not become a new the Clone Wars show. Right. So, which honestly. That does make me a little sad in some ways. I mean, I can understand it not being taken over entirely, but at the same time, you know, I would right. love it if Ahsoka became a regular on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I mean, I think they don't have to. They don't have to basically take Ezra and Kanan and Hera and you know Sabine and Zeb and and put them on the back burner and not feature them in an mm-hmm. episode. They certainly need to do that. But in the context of their story, I think they could certainly have lots of Ahsoka and Vader excitement um, yeah, and that sort of thing. But I think they need to really play wisely with this because there's going to be a certain point where you, it it was like the whole Grievous thing when it came to the Clone Wars. Anakin didn't meet Grievous until Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. So there was the, the, the passing of them, but they never actually met. I would be worried in this case that they bring it up too soon too much because at a certain point it might get old you need to bring it in at the right point to tell a good story before it's like okay here we go again there's another anakin ahsoka thing and there's only so much you can do for her sure try and turn anakin around because he's so far gone in the darth vader thing it's not going to happen in other fight which if they do a lightsaber fight between the two that first one will blow minds away because of where they are at this point. But then there's a certain point in which you can't keep going back to the well because the well's going to go dry. You have to use it sparingly and you have to use it when it tells the good story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think with that, that pretty much wraps up the episode. Um, yep. A couple a little notes. I mean, I, we mentioned previously the music and the visuals in this episode were fantastic as always. Uh, oh yes. It was interesting to note uh, Ezra has apparently um, he's retired his slingshot and replaced it with a, a holster for his blaster and a comlink. And uh, he now has some burns on his face 
from his duel with the Inquisitor in the season finale. Mm. Uh, so very uh, some little details, and we know that Sabine's look will be changing soon as well in the next episode, um, given her yeah. her scars on her her armor. Just so. keep things moving forward. That's yeah. all they're doing. We don't have <laughs> to wait three, two and a half, three seasons, whatever it was, for Ahsoka's new outfit. <laughs> yep. This time yeah, I, I will say <laughs> I, I do much prefer Ahsoka's current Rebels outfit to yes. any of her yes. previous outfits. Agreed. Agreed. Um, she, she, it's still really weird seeing her older. but um, It is. It is. It's, really? it's, hard to be, it's hard for me to adjust to the fact that she is... I think she's older than Kanan. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, she has to be. Yeah, right, yeah, she's old. Kanan she has to been, be older than him and more experienced than him, and that just or that's weird to me. Yeah, yeah. But I, I am honestly worried about her in Rebels. I mean, now that Vader knows of her existence. Yeah, that's well. Here's okay. Weird. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's just throw this out there for discussion. Do you think? That by the end of Rebels, Ahsoka's gone. Because she's never mentioned in any other Star Plus Wars the universe. the big question, is it? Is yes. It? She's not yeah. mentioned anywhere. And I doubt, I doubt anybody's going to go back and do a pull a George Lucas on the six films that are now to put her in there, even if it's a line. Something. I don't think they need to. Like she could no, they be. Don't. Honestly, I think we're in the same position we were in with the Clone Wars, where there are stories where she could still be alive that would make complete sense. Um, but fans are just going to be left wondering for the next few years as to the fate of Ahsoka once again. Mm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. So the fate of Ahsoka continues to be a a big discussion point. So are we up for ratings? I think so. Uh, Why don't we do this? Bethany, why don't you go first? Ladies first. (laughs) Remind me how the ratings work again. I couldn't remember if you do them out of five or out of ten. Out of ten. And and Womp Rats. Okay. Hmm. I, I think for Rebels, I would definitely give this a nine out of ten Womprats who are busily and terrified running from Vader. (laughs) (laughs) Screeching and squealing. Yep. Okay. Having a Sith Lord chase you would not be fun. No. Oh, God, no. Just saying. Not really. Um, Let's see. I guess I can... I'll go next. Yeah, why don't you go, William? Uh, I thought this episode was... Really good. Uh, there was less ha- that happened than I than I thought, um, based on my my memory from Celebration uh, Anaheim. Uh, yeah, I thought there was actually more bigger moments, although I didn't really have anything concrete in my head. Um, but still, like rewatching it again, it, it was fantastic episode, mm-hmm. uh, both on the big screen at Celebration and you know the the episode that aired on TV. And so I think I'm gonna give this. Um, I mean, it was it was it was so good. I was gonna go with a. I was going back and forth between nine and a half and ten. I was gonna go with nine and a half, but I think there were a few moments in the middle where 
wasn't bad, but kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, and most of my nine rating is, is from the end and the, the Vader scenes. So I, I'll go with nine as well. Um, and uh, what, what's going to happen to my Womp Rats? Um, I think they're uh, they're all going to go have a chat with, uh, with Tarkin tomorrow. Ooh. <laughs> I'll leave it open-ended like that. Okay. Tom? Uh-oh. Well, I am going to agree with the two of you. I think we're going to give this a nine across the board. Um, love the episode. I think this is a great way to kick off Rebel Season 2. Uh, it's They've set up a very good story plot going forward between Anakin and Ahsoka. It's going to be interesting to see how that's going to play out. <sighs> now, for my Womp Rats. My nine Womp Rats were on the shuttle of Minister Tua because they were her pets. She was not going to leave without them. So when she <laughs> was going to defect, she wanted to make sure her pets were with her. So. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So they got barbecued. Oh, man. There you go. Poor Womp Rats. Poor Womp Rats. And, well, uh... Steven did did send me a message. He was able to sneak out a a message from the uh, from behind uh, Imperial lines, and uh, he says he would have given this episode a nine point five. Uh, he didn't say nice. what was going to happen to his Womp Rats, but uh, uh, probably nothing good if he stuck behind Imperial lines. Yeah, Tarkin <laughs> was probably interrogating them. Not well, that, that's what's happening in mine. Well, well, then I guess Tarkin got the other half. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think it's time to go. Yeah. So. so with that, um, next episode, we'll, I mean, we'll be reviewing probably one of the the books. Um, yep. We need to catch up on. Uh, still have our reviews of *Heir to the Jedi* and. Oh God. Uh, oh, no. it's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we still have our reviews of *Heir to the Jedi* and *Lords of the Sith*, uh, as Lords well as *Dark Disciple*, that, which, I was, as we said, comes out next week, and uh, cannot wait for uh, you guys to read Tom because I, I want to discuss this. Oh, oh. so I, I will be. Uh, we'll that. see which one comes up next. Uh, probably one of those. And yep. uh, yeah, Bethany, thank you so much for joining us. Bethany, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure as always, and. I always enjoy talking Star Wars with you guys. Oh yeah, it's, it's a blast. And thank you for uh, please tell please tell Riley as well. It was a pleasure yep. having him on the show. Do you want to uh, plug I your site? Indeed. Sorry. Uh, oh, I I will indeed. Yes, and mm. you can find more of what me and Riley do over at thestarsreport.com, where we have a host of shows, including our main one, The Stars Report, and you can find us at Stars Report on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash you guessed it star wars report and, and, <laughs> good site. and you, and you good guys site. you guys may be growing by one more show right we may indeed be yeah. at some we'll, point yeah who knows yeah who knows and uh you of course can be found on on twitter as well where people can can follow you uh and, and oh well, hey me so. i don't have a personal life outside of the star wars report <laughs> no <laughs> i i kid people can can follow me on twitter at bethany l blanton um you will find what i'm on twitter that is you'll find a, a medley of posts about geek 
stuff and fitness stuff and school stuff and pretty much just anything random there. So be warned. It is pretty random. Very cool. Well, thanks again. Pleasure thanks chatting again. with you. And uh, Thank you, guys. No yeah, problem, Bethany. Look forward to having you on again. Yep. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright 2015.